Hey everyone, welcome to Faith Palm with Jake and Jesse. It's a podcast where we discuss the weird happenings of the Christian faith. I'm Jesse, I'm Catholic. I'm Jake, and I'm not. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about baptism. Well, Jesse, talking about baptism, something I am I am slightly well-versed in, considering I've been baptized three times. Three times. Well, yeah, that's kind of one of the points I wanted to get into was, first of all, what is baptism? Because I feel like for all Christian denominations, for the most part, it's essentially the same thing. But then, like, kind of the practices behind, the practices behind baptism, like, if you do it as a child or baby or adult, or if you're if you do it multiple times or just once, stuff like that. Sweet. Well, um, let, let, let's hear. Tell me, what is what is baptism? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know what baptism is, but I feel for our uh, wonderful listeners out there, maybe we can talk about the Catholic view of baptism and then i will tell you if i think yes or no ba- not yes or no because obviously yes but <laughs> if it's similar to um my upbringing of baptism all right um so in the catholic church baptism is one of the three sacraments of initiation so initiation into the christian church into the body of christ um and it's the very first one and what generally happens in a baptism is well, in the Catholic faith, you can be a baby or a kid or a teen or an adult, really whatever age. A lot of times it happens as a baby if your family is Catholic. Um, so what happens is you go to church and either a priest or a deacon generally will be the one baptizing you. And they take you and either dunk you in water or pour water over your head. And they basically say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and, the, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then you're baptized, and you're a member. You're a member of the Christian Church. Huh. That's similar. Um, is that the only form of like immersion into water that Catholics have, or do you have anything else? I think that's basically. It. There are like some variations on, like, what is said during a baptism, but every baptism has to use what's called the trinitarian formula so i baptize you in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit but there are there is like other stuff involved is that what you were asking yeah essentially well because i guess i'll talk about the el protestant side um (laughs) we love it so for me i i have i'm i feel like i'm a little bit of a special case um because as i've said before my mom was raised catholic and was catholic for ever and i guess probably still kind of consider yourself catholic i don't really know i should probably ask her we should have her on and ask her yeah we should actually that'd be fun um so my dad was raised church of christ though and so there was actually controversy like when they got married um and then especially when they had kids because the priest wanted like they knew they wanted my mom knew she wanted us to be like dedicated essentially to the church. Like um, the 
sprinkling baptism that you talked about, like for, um, you know, babies. So she knew that she wanted my brother and I to go through that process. Um, but my dad had a hard time guaranteeing that he would only raise us in the Catholic church. Um, and the priest that they were seeing was like, nope, I will not do it unless you swear, essentially swear to God that you are going to raise these like kids Catholic. Yeah, that's, um, that's dad, really an essential part of a Catholic marriage or getting married to a Catholic person is yeah. the, the promises. A lot of people, those who don't practice like as strictly might not do this, but you're supposed to guarantee that you will raise your kids in the Catholic church. And that's why we have godparents too. Yeah. Well, so my dad took it as like, here's the thing. I'm going to raise my kids. Christian, I can promise you that. But if we end up moving out into the middle of the desert and the only church there is a Baptist church, I'm going to take them to the Baptist church um, was kind of his reasoning. Um, okay. And so there's a big old fight going on. And then they ended up finding a really awesome priest. He's actually the same one who blessed my parents' marriage because originally they got married like they had a Christian ceremony, but it wasn't Catholic ceremony and it really was bothering my mom. Plus my grandma said that she didn't view my mom as married, which was some <laughs> trauma. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where they finally found a priest who was like, yeah, I'll bless your marriage. Like I understand where you're coming from, Phil. And I believe that you'll raise your children to know Jesus. Um, so I'll go through and like, uh, blessed their marriage, and then when my brother was born, um, did a dedication. Um, so we've got godparents, like real godparents. I know some people have godparents that are just labeled. I guess technically I have real ones. Uh, shout out to Uncle Leo and Aunt Syl. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was um, sprinkled as a baby. That's what we called it, sprinkling. Um, but it seems like my church, we do baby dedication at my home church, uh, Providence in Knoxville, non-denomination, where I don't remember if they have anything to do with water. I, I honestly cannot remember, but I know that when a new baby is born in the church, they'll bring the family up and they'll like pray over the baby and essentially like the parents will say a creed, like make a promise, like, yeah, I'm going to raise this kid to know Jesus. Um, but when it comes to baptism, that is not all for most Protestant religions, I believe, or not religious, but most Protestant like denominations, mm. that's not the norm. Um, cause for me, I, oh, and a lot of people you're baptized fully, not as like a sprinkler, but like a full immersion baptism when you're older. Um, and it's usually comes after the idea of salvation in the Protestant church where you, which is similar we've talked about to Catholicism, but like you make the choice to follow Jesus and you like, as much as I don't really like the term, it's used a lot. Like ask Jesus into your heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that type of thing. That's when you get baptized is after you do that. And okay. baptism in the Protestant at least from my church, I can't speak on all Protestant churches, but at my church, it was, <laughs> watch how I have this memorized, and <laughs> an outward expression of an inward change. 
Wow, okay. Um, so it's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing is baptism for at least your church and probably other Protestant churches. It's more like what I would consider confirmation, which is as a teenager, kind of, it's one of the last sacraments of initiation where, like, I decide. Because in baptism, my parents decided they were going to raise me Catholic. But in confirmation, that was me deciding I'm going to go on continue to be Catholic. Yeah. Oh. But you don't have any immersion in water. Oh, yeah, we do. That's, that's Oh, at confirmation? What... No, at baptism. Oh, okay. I meant at confirmation. Oh, okay. Because um, uh, for us, it's viewed as um, washing your old self away. Um, so that's why you do it after you, you know, profess, believe the gospel, you know. Um, I, I never know the right word. I guess salvation, you ask to be saved. I feel like there's many different ways to interpret that. And mm -hmm. I, we tried to steer clear when i was in children's ministry of the term like ask jesus into your heart because it doesn't really tell you what it <laughs> means you know yeah like um, what does that mean which is why i was baptized technically three times yeah. <laughs> um, but so we when i was first baptized i was okay i was baby baptized sprinkled um and then in sixth grade i think it was it was a you know i was at like a church retreat and everybody else was like raising their hand that they had like prayed the prayer and i was like i don't want to be left out like hand up you know like yeah jesus um plus i remembered when my dylan was when my dylan when my brother was in first grade he you know quote unquote asked jesus into his heart you know did all that and my parents took him out for like a really nice meal and i was like ooh. If I do this, I get a really nice dinner. Like, yes. So uh, sixth grade, I essentially, I hate to say like I pretended, but I really, I had no idea what it meant. I had no idea what like Jesus meant. I still remember like four years later being in the car and realizing, oh, that's what the cross means. <laughs> oh, that's why John 316 is so important. Like it was one of those things that like it clicked and I was like, oh, okay um but then i like fought with myself over it because i was like well because in i don't know if catholicism has this but we have the idea of like once saved always saved mentality yeah. um and i was like well if i was saved then <laughs> i guess i still am but i like really wrestled with it because i was like but that was not out of me doing it or like out of anything any spiritual divine intervention it was just like dinner Yes, like we go into Chili's, which I'm pretty sure is where we went because we got volcano cake, the molten chocolate cake. Um, but so it wasn't until senior year or uh, I think it was the summer before my senior year. Yeah, it was summer before my senior year of high school. Um, it finally clicked and I was like, you know, like I maybe like once it's always saved, but like if I feel like I need to say it again, like, I don't think that's a problem. And like, you know, I, uh, went through it. I, I prayed the prayer, but this time actually like believing, um, and was baptized in the ocean. That was actually a really fun. That's fun. That See, um, that's a Protestant practice that I kind of feel sad about missing out on is first of all, remembering my baptism, but second of <laughs> all, being able to be baptized in the ocean, like, 
because Jesus was baptized in the sea. No, not in the Sea of Galilee, in in the Jordan. He was baptized in a river, so I feel like that's, that's like a good way to do it. See, that's so intriguing to me that like Jesus was baptized as an adult, you know, and mm-hmm. Catholicism like the like there's no Catholic belief of adult baptism. Well, there is. There is. Well, it's not so. It's not adult baptism only, but adults can and are baptized. Um, not, not like so. I was baptized as a baby. That is basic. That basically means I never have to be baptized again. That was my one and only baptism, um, and that washed me of original sin and, you know, brought me into the Christian yeah. church. And so that we see that as, I don't need to do that again. Because it's already happened and those effects are eternal. Um, but if so, if somebody who is coming from, let's say, an atheist background, they were going to join the Catholic Church, they would have to be baptized even as an adult. Um, but interesting fact, say if you were going to join the Catholic Church, you would not have to be baptized again. Because you, oh. have, al- you have already been baptized. As long as... You know, one of your three baptisms follow that same Trinitarian for- formula of baptizing in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are, like, because our baptism is initiation into the Christian church at large, because Catholic means universal, so the yeah. Christian church. And so you're already baptized into that. You're already a Christian. So all you would need to do is get confirmed, and you're good. Huh. And that's me, like, way simplifying things, but that's essentially it. Um, I should also add, we also did, um, what's the fancy word you use? Trinitarian? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a big thing. Um, I will say, one of the things that I think was cool about my baptisms, my many baptisms, <laughs> which my cousin tried to told, tell me canceled out. <laughs> so I was so scared. <laughs> like, you were baptized twice. <laughs> that they cancel out. You're not, and I was like, oh, no. Um, but turns out she was just an idiot. Uh, shout out to Mia. I love you. <laughs> but um, I think one thing that was cool about mine that I'm sure is similar for yours, but you got to pick who baptized you at my church, um, which was really cool. So, you know, the first time when I was in sixth grade, <laughs> um, I had my small group leader. Uh, shout out to Eric. He baptized me. Um, again, I don't really count that one because I was more excited for chilies than, you know, like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but then the, the next one, um, Lainey, who I talked about pretty in-depthly on our last podcast, she was the one who baptized me. And it was a really wonderful moment because she had been with me for like at that point, like 10 years or something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was just like this really awesome moment of, Oh my gosh, like all full circle. I don't know. It was just is sweet. Yeah, you know? that's actually really cool. We actually as far as I know, we don't get to choose who baptizes us. Um I'm not sure cuz again, I was baptized as a baby. I don't remember it except for the watching the video cuz I've watched the video. Um if we have that on video for me. Probably. Um but so we don't get to like pick like a person of significance in our life to do that. Um it's generally even it's generally either, like, the pastor of your church or one of the priests at your church or even a deacon. I was baptized by a deacon. Um, Becky and I both. Deacons uh, can get married, correct? Deacons can get married. Deacons can get married. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I was baptized by a deacon. Um, you can be baptized by the Pope if you're lucky. You can even, in very special like emergency situations, a, a lay person in the Catholic Church. So somebody who's not ordained in any manner. They can perform Every time you say lay, I hear a lame person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, know, <laughs> and I I wish there was a different word for it, but that's that's the official word. Um, so yeah, so in in like an emergency situation, say you and I or me and an atheist were on an airplane and it crashes on a deserted island, they're about to die, and they ask me to baptize them. I can do that. Oh, yeah. I just knocked over a bottle and Copper was sleeping. Copper's my dog and she just gave me the worst stank glare I've ever gotten from her. How dare you wake her up? I know. Um, I think, so one thing that intrigues me too is with like Catholicism. So I know it's a really popular thing for Protestants to go to Israel. Yes. Israel, um, and get baptized in the same river Jesus was baptized in, which you said earlier, and I cannot remember. The Jordan. The Jordan. It's a very popular thing for people to get baptized in that river, like that river, if they go to Israel. And I'm intrigued, like, could you, a Catholic, if you were with other, you know, other Catholics, say, uh, like a deacon, priest, could you technically, as an adult, get baptized there as like a symbolic thing? You see, I don't, I don't really know, um, because I mean, the belief in one baptism is like a very big thing in the Catholic Church. Let me do some Googling real fast. Um, cause that's just, that's one thing that intrigues me is, you know, I feel like Catholicism out of every, every, like what I know of Catholicism, it's one of the most, <laughs> let me think of the right words. It's one of the most that I feel really follow Jesus's teachings, you know, through the tradition and stuff. So it's really intriguing to me that Jesus had an adult baptism that Catholic, like Catholics don't necessarily have that. Um, which, I mean, I can talk on the Protestant viewpoint of what we were told, which is a little crazy. But, um, you know, it's it's a little like anti-tradition because non-denomination and stuff but uh part of some of the stuff i learned is that like people were scared of essentially scared of babies like dying without baptism um and so that's why they started doing baptism but then it morphed a little bit where it was like oh well if you're baptized as a baby you know oh we save them before anything else and it kind of just morphed the belief a little bit um, but I don't think most, like most Catholics don't believe that. Um, but that's, you know, if I can share the Protestant idea of the baby baptisms, that's what they thought Catholics thought. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know that is interesting to think like if Jesus was baptized as an, as an adult, then why is that not our practice as Catholics? Um. But I do, like, I don't know where my thought is going with that. Um, but do you want to hear what the catechism says about, like, the one baptism and why it can't be repeated? Yeah. Um, okay. Did mine actually cancel out? Oh, no. 
No, I don't. I don't think it can cancel out. Um, oh, good. But this. So this is. If anybody cares, it's paragraph twelve seventy two of the of the catechism. Um, it says, incorporated into Christ by baptism. The person baptized is configured to Christ. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark of his belonging to Christ. No sin can erase this mark, even if sin prevents baptism from bearing the fruits of salvation. Given once and for all, baptism cannot be repeated. So basically, baptism makes you a Christian now and forever. Even if you commit a sin that will then lead you to go to hell, lead you to go to hell, you are still a Christian person, and that mark huh. that mark cannot be taken away from you. Interesting. It's so like it's not necessarily a don't get baptized again. That's bad. It's more of a yeah. Why would you need to kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, Jesse. Looks like you can't go. That get get baptized bonus bap bonus baptized <laughs> bonus no, baptism <laughs> no bonus baptisms for me. Um, uh, uh, well, you know, I I'll share one of my baptisms with you. <laughs> okay, thank you. I really would like to meet somebody else who have who has been baptized as many times as I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure somebody's out there. Well, and I think actually it happens more than more often than not because a lot of people you always hear people especially in the south of like born again christians or rededicating yourself gosh i couldn't i can't even tell you the amount of times i quote unquote rededicated myself to christ like growing up um it was a lot and that's something you just hear and you're like oh born again christians you know all that so i'm sure there are people who've been baptized up out there like four times because they just keep rededicating themselves and feel like they need it um because that's kind of how the protestant church i feel views it is oh you always need it um, yeah that that kind of reminds me of like people who like on their like wedding anniversary and stuff will renew their wedding vows it seems like that's kind of the viewpoint that they take to baptism is oh this is a vow that i need to renew and not, yeah. oh, this is a mark on my spirit that can never be taken away. Um, of course, we. I guess in the Protestant idea, it's never spoken as like a mark on your spirit. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, it's just an outward expression of an inward change. We also, oh, I should say, at my church, we had to film video testimonies on why we were getting baptized. And they still make you do it. Um, <laughs> and so I remember right before going in sixth grade, my dad pounding that. Outward expression of an inward change. Outward expression of an inward change. So it's, it's forever in my head. Nice. Um, well, Jesse, while you were Googling that, I Googled um, crazy baptisms, and I have 10 of the most bizarre baptisms. Would you like to hear some? <laughs> I would absolutely love to hear some. <laughs> some are sad. The first one's sad. Um, so... It's become popular popular to use microphones during church sermons. In 2005, Reverend Kyle Lake was conducting a baptism at U University Baptist Church. While standing in the water, Reverend Lake was electrocuted when he reached out to adjust a microphone. No. Hundreds of people happened to be attending the church service because it was homecoming weekend at nearby Baylor University. Church members w rushed to help <laughs> the reverend. Um, but he was taken by ambulance and tragically was pronounced dead. Oh my um, goodness. But it 
it finishes out this paragraph saying, fortunately, the woman who was being baptized had not yet stepped into the water, so she was not injured. Um, but the reverend's widow received a settlement um, on the basis of the company had neg negligently designed, assembled, and installed heaters that resulted in electrocution. Um, oh my goodness. So that's sad. I hope he gets... <laughs> I hope he just got, like, super rewarded in heaven. <laughs> like... Yeah, you, you, you died doing <laughs> literally the Lord's work there. Um, so apparently baptism brawls are, like, a commonplace thing. Um, in 2013, a place held a baptism that turned into a brawl due to the fact that alcohol was distributed to the attendees. Um, a call for help resulted in law enforcement responding to break up the fight, uh, the incident ended with five police officers assaulted, two more officers injured, and two other people arrested and jailed for assault. Um, in 2014, a man in Miami was fatally shot at the baptism party when he tried to break up a fight over food. A group of uninvited guests had appeared at the baptism, and they were unhappy about the lack of utensils. <laughs> My goodness. Talk about, like, not being in the right mind during a baptism. <laughs> <laughs> right? These are... I guess it is the 10 most bizarre. Um, yep. Oh, here's something weird. Baptism of Martians. Have you heard of this? No. So at the British Science Festival in 2010, Guy Consomagno, one of the one of Pope Benedict's XVIs, um, I can't think of the number right now, astronomers, announced that he would baptize an alien if asked. How exactly alien life would ask to be baptized is uncertain, but Consul Magno then revealed his official statement. Any entity, no matter how many tentacles it has, has a soul. In 2014, during a speech about acceptance, Pope Francis further clarified the Vatican's view of the relationship between Martians and baptism. The Pope related an anecdote from the Bible about the first pagans converting to Christianity. Then he explained that one obstacle is faced by Christians to accept the Holy Spirit, even if. He, then he explained that one of the obstacles faced by Christians is to accept the Holy Spirit, even if it is unthinkable and unimaginable. The Pope extended this perspective to Martians, or as he described them, green with long noses, big ears, like in children's drawings. In argument with Consomagno's perspective, Pope Francis stated that he would also baptize Martians. Interesting. You know, this is kind of like a weird segue here, but talking about like weird baptisms, there are actually two different types of baptism that don't necessarily include like baptism by water in the Catholic Church. Um, one of them is baptism by blood and the other is baptism Ooh. of desire. Um, so baptiz baptism of blood is kind of self-explanatory. It's even if you're not a baptized Christian, if you are martyred because of because you believe in the Christian faith, even if you're not baptized, if you're martyred, that's what that's a baptism of blood. You believe to have essentially been baptized in that, Oof. and you die saved, to use the Protestant terminology there. Um, and baptism of desire is kind of similar. So if you are preparing. For baptism, if you 
going through the process to be initiated into a Christian church, and you die before you can be baptized, you're still seen to have been baptized in your desire to be baptized. Huh. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so even if you die without being baptized, if you really wanted it, then you're good. Well, that's good. Huh. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you can just go your whole life believing and not getting baptized and then just die and be fine, I guess. Actually, I don't know. I would assume not. Because if you believe, why would you not get baptized? I guess it just is like maybe if you're on your hospital bed and are like, I'm going to do it tomorrow and then dead. Yeah, yeah. Copper just winked at me three times. Oh. Oh, thanks for the winks. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Do you want to get puppy baptized? Puppy baptized. Um, excuse me while I go baptize my dog. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, apparently at a church in Georgia, they uh, got in trouble for violating a public school po- policy when it allowed a map mass baptism of 18 football players and a coach on the school's football field um the pre-practice baptism also violated local school district policy (laughs) pre-practice baptism let's go (laughs) yeah i guess sure i feel like though in that case like i understand what the wrong is there it's really just there's a bit of a peer pressure there then for like being on that team everybody else is getting baptized so you have to exactly it's it's kind of a force and that's one of the issues i take with kind of like more like non-denominational services where they have like your like spontaneous baptisms like your come up to the stage if you want to get baptized that feels like a lot of pressure to go do that i'm really happy my church never did spontaneous baptisms because I agree. I mean, it's the same concept that I said when I was um, first, quote unquote, saved in sixth grade, um, where everybody else was doing it. Everybody else had put their hand up. So I figured, I better do it. Like, I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when it was sixth, seventh and eighth graders were like the only ones there. If it's all a bunch of middle schoolers, they're going to do what everybody else does. Nobody, you know, it's a rare middle schooler who would keep their hand down. Yeah, they're going to do it and go along with everybody else, even if they don't understand what they're doing. And for something as serious and life-changing as baptism is, like, there needs to be some thought there. Yeah, and that's, I, that's one issue I faced um, working Windshape, too, um, mm-hmm. which I've said before. Maybe I haven't said before. I worked a touring church summer camp for two summers, um, sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Um <laughs> I, I need to come clean here. I am not a big Chick-fil-A fan. I don't really like it. And it's because I had to eat it most days for <laughs> two summers. Um, I am Chick-fil-A'd out. But anyway, <laughs> um, we would have what's called Gospel Wednesday, where we would share the co- the gospel with the kids, um, which was all sweet and good. But then they'd like kind of force you to like, lead a kid to salvation my first summer i worked with first and second graders and i was like they don't understand what i'm saying like some might there was one girl who i full-heartedly like oh my gosh little audrey knew exactly what was going on Mm -hmm. like i've never seen a kid know so much 
Um, she like sat down. She's like, this is what I'm doing. I realize like what the cross means. I know what Jesus did for me. And I was like, Andre, you are a first grader, but holy cow, you are smart. Uh, so not saying there weren't those cases, but it was a really big deal to also one of the reasons I have kind of issues with like church revivals, stuff like that. It was a really big deal to get that number. Oh, 15 kids were saved today. And it was like, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't think we should focus on the number. I think we should focus on just like what our words did to help these kids, you know? Yeah, see, um, that's that's a focus on how many people can I convert versus a focus on how well can I teach this one person about the about the gospel, about the faith. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like number counting the numbers isn't necessarily Christ-like. That's, oh, uh, that doesn't seem to me, uh, you know, I love how this has become baptism to also salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, counting numbers doesn't seem super Christ-like in that it's not selfless in my mind. It's trying to prove a point of how good you are. How great yeah. you are. That's why I struggled with wind shape every year. Um, we'd have our final banquet and they do a big slideshow of like, over this summer, 15,000 kids gave their life to Christ, you know, and never focused on the kids who just heard about Jesus. It was yeah. all about how great wind shape did this summer. And they're like, all through the glory of God. But even just saying all through the glory of God, that doesn't necessarily mean you're giving him that glory when you're still taking glory for yourself. Yeah, it's very Um, like a self-focused kind of view of baptism and I guess salvation in general, whereas like actual true Christian like focus on that would be more about the relationship, more about selflessness, because that's who Christ was. He was he's here for a relationship with each of us individually. And so each one single individual baptism matters and needs to be intentional instead of just oh we got 50 something baptisms like that's yeah that you're a number in a system and it's not about the individual it's about how many you can get exactly and that's why you know one of the reasons we started this podcast i feel is because i'm i'm searching I know my faith, but it's hard for it's been hard for me to find a church that really I feel I, I know that sound, it sounds selfish in a sense to be like a church that aligns with my beliefs. Um, but I say that in the sense of like growing up and through windshape and stuff like that, it's very self-centered Christianity, um, self-glorifying Christianity, no matter how many times you might say it's not. That's what it is. Um, and that's what I feel a lot of the churches in the South kind of lean towards. Um, not, you know, I don't want to offend anyone with that conversation. Again, I, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just speaking from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I feel is an issue with the modern ideology of evangelicalism. Is that the word? Evangelicalism? Yeah. Um, is this idea of get as many souls as possible, but like the second we get those souls, like leaving them behind, being like, ha, check you off my list, saved, I'll see you in heaven, peace out, instead of really fostering a relationship, not only with them, but helping them foster a relationship with Jesus. Um, yeah. I don't think you can just expect somebody, hey, you're saved now. 
good, believe Jesus, you know, without having somebody to there to help <laughs> pastor you, if you will. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, baptism is not the end-all be-all of the Christian faith. It is not the one thing you need to do to get into heaven, because it's a lifelong journey of failing over and over with sin, but then turning your heart back to Christ and back to the faith. And that's that takes a lot of work. It's not it's not a one and done sort of thing. Yeah. And as much as our society likes one and done things, they've been proven time and time again to not work. Sweet. Wow, we're leaving on a little bit of a heavy note here. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, shout out to you guys listening um as we got a little deep. But I I really appreciate, you know, if you guys out there have a perspective or um, have a counter to the things I said, I, I'm welcome to hear them. Um, again, I'm learning. <laughs> Jesse's learning. We're all learning here. Um, so if you have a perspective or a counter argument to how I kind of felt with Windshape or um, some Protestant churches, let me know. I'd love to hear them. Maybe we'll talk about them. Maybe we'll bring you on the show. I don't know. You might be scared of that, but we might. <laughs> We yeah, won't. no. If you don't I've, want to be on the show, we will. <laughs> I I would definitely love to hear the same types of comments. I mean, at the end of every podcast, we ask for any questions, corrections, and suggestions, and we really do mean that. We want to hear from you guys, and we want to get to know you as well as you're getting to know us, and hear your perspectives on what we're talking about, and especially on a topic as big and universal in the church as this. We want to hear your experiences, your thoughts. If you think that we were wrong about something or that or you want to debate something let us know because we're we'd be glad to hear it yeah similarly if there's somebody you want us to like interview like that'd be kind of cool let us know if you want us to interview you if you feel you have a story to share of your experiences in church or you have a story about a weird thing that goes on in the church let us know yeah so well thank you guys for listening to this episode of faith palm if you like what you heard and would like to continue to support us in our effort to explore the Christian tradition and have a little fun while doing so, please like, subscribe, and follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to also follow us on Instagram at faithpalmpodcast and message us at faithpalmpodcast at gmail.com or through anchor at anchor.fm slash faithpalm with any questions, corrections, or suggestions. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.